Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Even though you see a zero in the bank account, there's a, there's a fight to believe that my God will supply all of my needs according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus, so that he has already done that, or that he is my shepherd and I shall not want. There's a, the fight now, the struggle now is not going to possess it, but it's not going to fight to get something, but it's a fight to believe that I already have it. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome once again to another Sunday morning service here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We wish you were here. Maybe one day you're in the area, you come on by and you join in with us. We'd love to have you here at 180 Hilton Road in Bremen, Georgia. We're going to have a great time today. Thank you so much for your support as well uh, for these broadcasts and made available uh, because of the free will gifts of our viewing community and, of course, our family here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. Thank you so much for your giving. And if you want to give today, just go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. This morning, uh, we're going to continue in this series entitled, Tell Hell No. Hallelujah. We're going to be get, really getting into something. And, and last week, we, stopped the talk, we, started, we started talking about inheritance just a little bit. Now, in Mark, the fourth chapter, Mark 4, verse 17, you're very familiar with this scripture. Mark 4, verse 17 the Bible says that Jesus came preaching, declaring to the people, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Very simple. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is so wonderful. I could jump back and kiss somebody, but I'm going to refrain myself online community. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Why is that? The Lord is symbolizing or he's telling us that there has been a shifting in the atmosphere. Now, you've got to catch the shifting if you hear nothing else. There has been a shifting in the atmosphere because the king has brought the kingdom. Jesus is the king and he has brought the kingdom. He says, repent. That is, change your mind, change the way you've been thinking, change the way you've been acting because another system has come. Has come. There's a shifting from one system to the next. And we have to get involved in this shifted season. Now, again, we've been, uh, under the Old Testament, it was a, a, uh, it was a struggle to possess. It was a fight to possess, a fight to acquire. We can see that as the children of Israel went through the promised land. They're fighting to get something, fighting to, to get something, to acquire something. But because of Jesus, the Lord has already blessed us. As a matter of fact, in um, Ephesians, the first chapter, Ephesians 1, verse 3, Ephesians 1, verse 3, you can look at this later if you like. Ephesians 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, that is already done, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, who hath already did it, already done, already accomplished, bless you with how many blessings? 
all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ who have. God has already blessed you with all, blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So the Father has already done it through Christ. And when Jesus came, he came to tell you, hey, repent now. Change from the struggle mentality, change to the possessing mentality, or rather to the receiving mentality. See, here's the thing. The struggle to possess mentality says, I got to go and get it. I got to go and make it happen. That's the struggle to possess. But because the king has come and has brought the blessings with him, again, that through Christ, the father hath blessed you. We've got to agree with that. The father has blessed me with all spiritual blessings. He has already done this. He hath blessed us. So there's a struggle or rather there is a, a fight now not to possess, but a fight to believe. A fight to believe that what he said is actually true, that God's not lying to you. Even though your body is hurting, there's a fight to believe that Jesus has actually healed me. Even though you see a zero in the bank account, there's a, there's a fight to believe that my God will supply all of my needs according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. So that he has already done that or that he is my shepherd and I shall not want. There's a the fight now. The struggle now is not going to possess it, but is not going to fight to get something. But it's a fight to believe that I already have it. Are you hearing? Then once we possess this thing, have this thing, we have to guard it because the enemy wants to take away or rob you, take things from you that you already have. Now, one of the greatest tools or, or tactics of the devil is to convince you or deceive you that you don't have what God says that you have. That God is a liar and that you really don't have that. Now, for an example of that, we can go back into the book of Genesis. Very familiar text. As the, as the serpent, as the devil through working through the serpent, deceives the woman saying, hey, you're going to be like God if you eat this. Well, she was already like God. They were already like God. But he got in her head to convince her that was not true. God was telling you a lie. You really don't have this. And so she left the receiving mentality to receive what God had given her, receive his image to, I got to go out and get this. I got to go out and get this. So here's the thing. The devil wants you to leave your inheritance to struggle to go out and find something that you already have. Already have. Let me give you an example of that. This is kind of embarrassing, but, you know, here we go anyway. <laughs> I left home one day, and uh, I was a very busy day. had a lot of stuff on my mind. Anybody ever had stuff like that before? You just, just a very busy day. You got a lot of stuff on your mind. Uh, um, online community, I don't see any hands up in the air, so I'm just going to think it's okay. Now they're magically popping up all over the building. Okay, now they're with me. Got a lot of, just got a lot of stuff on your mind. And I, you know, I have my uh, Bluetooth headset that comes in, that I wear, and it's, it's very comfortable. And anyway, so I knew I would need that. So before I left, um, before I left, I thought, you know, uh, I saw it on my uh, mantle there. I thought, you know, I'm going to have to get that because I'm going to have to be on the phone a lot today, uh, talking here and, going, you know, con and conducting business. 
And so uh, I left the house and uh, came down to the food bank and doing some things here. And I normally have to hit the road and so forth and so on. On down the road, I thought, man, I forgot my headset. I'm going to need that today. I got to go and do this and that and the other. So I'm thinking, oh, boy, now I got to get back and I got to turn back around. I got to go here and I got to go there. I've already, I've already gotten up the road, but I just have to use my phone. I just I can't stand putting that thing up beside my head, you know, so I'm struggling. I'm, I'm talking. How did I forget that? How did I forget that? And so I finally get to my destination and uh, I believe my phone rang. I'm like, how do I hear it? Oh. I had put it on my head. So comfortable, I forgot that I put anybody been like that before. Once again, online community, I see one hand in the back, but it's okay. Two, three, now they're all popping up all around the building. And so here's the thing. I was beginning to get frustrated and aggravated, thinking about maybe I need to buy another because I had some more... um, I had some calls I had to make, and I couldn't just have this phone up to my head all day, thinking about maybe I should go buy something else, and I'll do that, and I'll give something, you know, whatever. I'm about to go into other expenses, and then I got to tell my wife I'm about to buy something else. If you knew my wife, you understand what I'm talking about. And so I'm, I'm struggling. I'm this and that, trying to get something that I already had. This type of believing this lie that you don't have it, believing this lie that you don't possess it, believing that leads you into frustration, aggravation, leads you into all of that stuff. And so that when Jesus came, he actually shifted us from the struggle to possess to the fight to believe. I have this. What God said is true. I have this. I possess this. I receive my inheritance. So all this is about your inheritance and what God has already given to you. Now remember, he hath already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you are born of God, it's not about you trying to go out and get it and you trying to make it happen. It's, the, it's to believe, I have this. What God said is true. I can do this. I am that. I have this. It's true. Now, remember, we talked last time that the word inheritance means an irrevocable gift or an irrevocable gift, something that is given to you that cannot be taken back. Once you have received it, it cannot be taken from you. It cannot be reversed. It is final. The blessings of the Lord are final again, but it is your adversary's job. It is Satan's job to convince you that you really didn't get it or to convince you that it's not working. If you think it's not working, then you'll once again leave the inheritance to try to make something else happen. This is not working. So let me just stop all this altogether. It's not working. Going to church is not working. Read my Bible is not working. Prayer is not working. So I might as well just go do something else. Once you have left your inheritance, you then become like any other man 
or any other woman, man, any other person who has not received Christ, even though you are, uh, even though the spirit of God is within you, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have the Lord's name. Hallelujah. You have his blood. You have his testimony. You have his word. You'll leave all that behind in pursuit of something that you already have. The enemy wants to rob you of your confidence. That's why the Bible says, don't cast away your confidence which has great recompense of reward, don't do it. He wants you to think that what you have is worthless when what you have is beyond measure. Are you hearing? Let's talk about that for a moment. Let's talk about that for a moment. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis, Genesis 25. Genesis 25. Let's just spend a little time today. Let me show you about this inheritance. There's a reason why the devil fights you so much because what you have can defeat him in every occasion. But if he can get you to think that it's not working, then you keep on staying on that treadmill. Boy, I tell you, I would have kept on going down that road, man, being upset. Man, I I can't believe I forgot my headset and I got to talk to people. No, 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 no. I got to do this and that and the other. I got to, I got to buy this ring. Oh. Genesis 25, Genesis 25, verse 29, Genesis 25, 20, verse 29. Somebody's had the experience today of having experience. Um, I saw one lady. Um, she actually, she had her the court, her cordless phone from the house, cordless phone. Some of you still have that in the house, don't you? Cordless phones. Yes, some of you, a lot of hands are not up online community. Maybe you don't. But she had the cordless phone in her hand, wondering, walking around the house, where's the phone? Where's the phone? Where's the phone? Where's the, where's the phone? It's in your hand. Oh. <laughs> We've done that, right? When you have so much stuff on your mind, so much stuff on your mind, you, you really don't, haven't considered what you already have. Genesis 25, look at verse 29. This is a very familiar text of scripture. Genesis 25, verse 29 says this, out of the, out of the New Living Translation. It says, one day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau uh, arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I am starving Give me some of that red stew. This is how uh, Esau got his, got his other name, Edom, which means red. Verse, verse 31, all right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. That is, give me your inheritance. Give me your inheritance. In other words, give me that portion that allows you access to God. To the seed of Christ. Give that to me. Verse 32. Look, I am dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? Look, I've got a burning in my loins. What good is Christianity to me now? Look, I got to pay my rent. Look, I got to do this. I got to pay my mortgage. Look, I got to find a man. Look, I got to find a woman. What good is going to church to me now when I have this need? The enemy's trying to put your eyes out. He said, what good is it to me now? Verse 33. 
But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the, ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his birthright, and rather, he showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. He sold it all for some stew. Now, this was planned. Uh, Esau often went out hunting and would come back hungry. He didn't prepare, but the devil sought an opportunity. Now, somebody said, well, didn't God say that the uh, older would serve the younger? Maybe this thing was ordained of God that he did this. Now, when has it been that God had to use trickery and lies to get anything done in his kingdom? Have not been. By this, we already see that Esau did not value the birthright. That a work of God was already going on in his heart. He already knew that this thing wasn't for me, it's for my brother. I'm sure for this transaction to happen so easily. God doesn't need you to, to sleep your way up to the top. He doesn't need you to bribe people. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You don't need the cheap people to, to receive what God has for you. Now, again, let's go to Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verse, uh, verse number 11. I want you to show, show this to you as well. So don't let the enemy make you think that what you have is not valuable or that you should throw it away, that you should cast your confidence for a temporary need. This man wasn't starving to death. He wasn't known as last breath. He could, he could have gotten up and go fix himself something to eat. But the deception was so great. Oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die unless I do this. I'm going to die unless I do that. Anybody felt that when the monkey is really on your back? Anybody know what I'm talking about, about a monkey on your back? You felt like you will absolutely die if you don't do this. Remember we talked about last week, if you can begin to do three things. One, ask the father, Lord, hey, tell him. And just tell on the devil. Lord, or tell on yourself, Lord, I feel this monkey on my back. I feel this temptation. And this is really hard on me. I feel like I need to go and do something right now. Then ask the Lord, Lord, have somebody call me, please. Have somebody call me, take my mind off of this. Please have somebody call me or text me or something. And third thing that really works, say, okay, yeah, I'll do it, but I'll do it later. Procrastinate. Procrastination takes, takes the, the air out of it. Procrastination will help you. Yeah, I'll do it, but later. It gives you time to think about, to let those chemicals that are circulating through your body, through your brain, subside a bit so that you can be back in your right mind. Because no person in their right mind want to go out and do that stuff, not in the body of Christ. Are you hearing? Colossians 1, uh, verse number 11 says, Colossians 1, verse 11, it says, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always, always thanking the Father. 
He has enabled you, or King James says qualified. He has qualified you. God has qualified you or enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Now, you are qualified. You have been enabled to receive this inheritance because of what God did through Christ. You're not qualified because you've been so good. Because you didn't sin, because you pay your tithe, or because you go to church. You're not qualified by your works. Jesus qualified you. The Father, through Christ, qualified you. Says that this is yours. He has enabled you to do it. Now listen one more time. It says, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Verse 13 For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgiven our sins. Now, the inheritance that we receive here in this context is that we have the right to be in fellowship with God. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. You have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. You have been forgiven and you have freedom. Now, what does all that mean? Let's bring it down to where you live. Some of you have had relatives that sometimes you've been in odds with. Just look straight ahead. Nobody's going to know. You've had relationships with people when sometimes you didn't want to look at them. You saw them come up on the phone. You didn't want to talk to them. And it got really awkward when you had to be in the same room with them. Right? Especially if they owed you money. Some unwritten things. Hmm. Something between you. To some extent, you may have been somewhat enemies or just irritated with each other. What Jesus did was he took all of that away from you and God. He completely reconciled your relationship with God the Father. Once you were aliens and strangers apart from God, but now Jesus has brought us near. And now when you stand in the presence of God, there is no, there is nothing ooky, nothing awkward between you and God unless you let it be. Because he has taken all of that away. Every bit of it away. He has washed it all away with his precious blood. And now you are perfectly reconciled to God. Perfectly at oneness in God, in Christ Jesus. Perfect oneness. Not because of you, but because of Jesus. But again, here's the enemy wants you to fight and struggle for that. Wants to pull you back in the day of struggle to possess. I got to do this. I'm going to have to fast. I got to pray. I got to, Lord, I want to be really good with you. So I'm going to make sure I don't do this. I don't do that. So what do you do? You're trying to fight to possess something. Trying to struggle to possess something. I'm going to live this holy life. Mm, I'm going to live this holy life. Mm, I'm going to live it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to live it. You, You already have it. So you forsake the blood of Jesus, forsake his sacrifice to stand on your own, to work out your own, to make your own righteousness. You've left the inheritance. Now when the devil sees you left that, oh, it's a field of its own now. 
It's home now. Because you'll never be good enough. And you know you'll never be good enough. No matter how much good you do, you know it's not enough. When you're standing in your own. But when you're standing in Christ, you have peace. Are you hearing? Let me show you this. Let's go to Isaiah and we may just end off with this one today. Isaiah 54. Let me show you more about this inheritance. It's a very familiar text of Scripture. Very familiar text of Scripture. Isaiah 54, verse 17. This also talks about inheritance. So, in a way of just making sure we understand something, the enemy wants to rob you by telling you that you don't have what you really do have. He wants you to fight. He wants you to struggle to get something that you already possess. Thus putting your life in a constant state of frustration, constant aggravation, constant confusion, making you think that your life is vain, that nothing you do is enough, that you just can't get it right. That's what that does. When you're always trying to fight for something that you already have. When we, when we believe those lies, we think it's all about us, and we've left the foundation of Christ. Got me? Look at this. Look at Isaiah. This one verse, Isaiah 54, verse 17. It says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now, this is a very, very powerful verse. Let me break it down to you a little bit more because this also talks about your inheritance. First of all, the verse says that there is no weapon formed against you, right? Now, most people, when you hear this verse, they just quote that first part. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. No, mm -mm, not going to happen. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And they stop it right there. But you're missing the whole next part. He says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And the word and joins the two. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Right? The and. Don't miss what's after the and because it is also extremely important. It says, and every tongue, say every tongue. Every tongue. Listen, that shall rise against thee in where? Yeah. Judgment. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment. How many people have been judging you? How many tongues have come against you? How many have criticized you? How many have said that you're less than nothing and you never have anything? How many have been basically parakeeting or saying what the devil's been saying? Now, the devil will have his day in court. We've talked about the courts of heaven before, how the devil brings uh, God's people up before the throne of God and tries to accuse them. The, he is the accuser of the brethren, hurling curses and hurling accusations at you. Sometimes these curses and accusations happen before you're even born. In your mama's belly, there are curses and accusations. I wish I never had you. I wish you this and that and the other. Curses and accusations before you're even born from the belly. And these words hover over you. These ho they hover over you. They hover over you. And the worst thing that can happen is that you begin to agree with it and you begin to say the same words. 
Thus, making these words solid in your own life, they become doctrine. You believe what you are saying. Now, the Bible says that this is part of your inheritance. He says, in every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, on that day, at that moment of judgment, every accusation, every lie, whether it's posted on Facebook or social media, whether a co-worker said something, whether a relative said something, every tongue, every word, every word curse. Now, this is part of those weapons that won't form against you or that won't prosper against you. Every word, every negative connotation, every word of gossip or slander that has come against you. He said, where? In judgment. He says, what? Thou shall condemn. You will condemn. Why is that possible? You will condemn. He says, this is the heritage. The word heritage means what? Inheritance. This is part of your inheritance. Now, inheritance, again, is a possession, something that you have been given, something that you now possess. It is uh, irrevocable. It cannot be reversed. You got it. Whether you want to say you don't got it, God said, I gave it to you. One of you is lying. Either God's lying or you lying. I'm believing God said the truth, by the way. He said, I gave it to you. I gave you the right to cast down every single word spoken against you. He said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. In other words, this is part of your inheritance package. This is the heritage of the, of the servants of the Lord. And then he says, and their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. In other words, I'm backing them up. I am backing them up. So therefore, when you come, these words, these weapons formed against you, these weaponized words that are coming against you of criticism, of cursings, of, of doom and gloom and all these things, these fiery darts that are coming at you. The father said, it's in your inheritance package. He said, condemn them. Condemn those words. He said, this is your inheritance when these accusations start coming at you, you start seeing these negative doctor's reports and, and people saying this and that and the other, and you feel the weight of the words and you feel that you feel your world crumbling all around you. You're feeling depressed, aggravated, and you're beginning to cry and you're beginning to well, wondering what all oh, this, ha why is all this happening to me? Why are they doing that to me? That's that day of judgment at that point, at that moment, rise up in your rights and cry. And remember that you have an inheritance and part of your inheritance is to cast down every single one of their words that have been spoken against you. Every tongue that's arising against you in judgment, you will condemn. You will cast down. Much like the Lord Jesus did. He said, it is written. This is your inheritance. This is why the devil is so afraid of you walking in your inheritance. Because when you don't walk in your inheritance, you become just like anybody else. I go back to Samson a whole lot because after Samson revealed his secret, the secret of his covenant, the secret of his in, uh, agreement with God. You know, Delilah took it away. She took that. She cut his hair and he became weak. And after he forsook his covenant, 
Then the, the devil put his eyes out. But his hair began to grow again because the Lord is merciful and is forgiving. And even though we have stepped off the foundation, you can step back on the foundation. You can leave the struggle trying to get something. And now you can begin to believe that you already possess it. I'm already healed. I'm already happy and joyful. Things are coming together for me right now. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's near me. It's within me. I possess this. What God said about me is true. Hallelujah. So he says again, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. And if people just stop again, just right there. But you've missed so much more. I can see like lightning bolts coming out of your hand. I condemn that word of jealousy. I condemn that word of, of harassment. I condemn that lying spirit. I condemn it. I call it down. You hear what I'm saying? You don't have to just stay there and take that thing. Now, the Bible says that we, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God through to the what? To the pulling down of strongholds. You have the authority to do that. You don't have to be like everybody else. You got me? Let's just see one more. Let's go to uh, Romans 8 chapter, talking about, again, your inheritance in Christ. Your inheritance in Christ. Don't forsake your inheritance, what God has already given to you. The fight now is to believe, to receive, even though when you look around, you don't see it. But again, we walk by faith and not by sight. We have to believe that this whole world is a liar. This must be true, what the Lord has said. I receive this. It is so. I have what he says I can have. What he says I have. I can do what he says I can do. I am who he says I am. Be convinced that this whole world is lying. Are you hearing? Romans 8 chapter, Romans 8, or else you will go on that treadmill again trying to acquire something that you already have. Romans 8 verse 15 says, so you have, uh, of the New Living Translation once again, it says, so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when, you, when, when he adopted you as his own children. Oh, that's wonderful, isn't it? Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Verse 17, and since we are his children, we are his what? We are, we are his heirs. I'm your child, I'm an heir. Are you hearing? And since we are his children, we are his heirs. Shout, I am an heir. I am an heir. All right. He says, in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of what? God's glory. Oh, my goodness. Say with me, I'm an heir, I'm an heir. of God's glory. He says, but if we are to share his glory, we must also share 
his suffering. I wonder how many of you have been suffering for Christ, been suffering in your life. Know something about suffering. Know something about suffering and things not going right, especially for a long period of time. He said, if you're going to receive his glory, you're going to also suffer. We've suffered a lot. But the Bible says that uh, even in verse number 18, that uh, Romans 8, 18, it says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later or reveal in us later. There's a glory that is to be revealed in you and I. If you have the suffering part, guess what? You've also got the glory part. Don't let the enemy put out your eyes and thinking that this is what this is all that there is. This is all that there is because it's not. God has so much more for you. Let's do one more. Let's go to the book of Revelation. Revelation 21. This is so vast. Won't be able to get it on today. Revelation 21. Let me show you this too about your inheritance. So we already know that we are heirs with Christ to receive God's glory. My goodness, how does that look? So you can confess out of your own mouth, I receive God's glory. I'm an heir of God's glory through Christ Jesus. I'm an heir of God's glory through Christ Jesus. I'm an heir. I'm qualified to receive it. Revelation 21, look at verse number five. And uh, verse five says, and he that sat upon the throne said, behold, what? I make all things new. Say that again. I make all things new. One more time. I make all things new. And he said unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. Verse 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Verse 7. He that overcometh. Is anybody overcoming here today? He that overcometh shall what? Inherit what? Inherit what? shall inherit all things. He just told you, look, I'm making all things new. And now he says, you're going to inherit all things. To him that overcometh, to her that overcometh, God said, you will inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son or my people or my daughter. Are you with me? He said, you're going to inherit all things. The Lord wants to give it all to you. Through Christ, you will inherit God's glory. You possess more than you ever think or that you can ever think or imagine. And this isn't, this even, this isn't even um, the, the main part of it. This is just a small portion of what you have received. Once you receive that into your heart and begin to believe it, remember the fight is not I'm trying my best to possess it, to get it. It's to believe that I already have it. What we just read today, it already is so in my life. It already is so. And when you walk in that and believe that and walk in that, you will begin to see it in your life, manifested in your life. Father, we thank you. We're going to stop there. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us. 
Lord, I pray today that you will uh, even more so reveal to your people their inheritance in you, what you've, what you've called them here to do and how you've qualified them through Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that you have made them the head and not the tail. You've made them above only and not beneath. You've made them the first and not the last. Lord, you said in your word, let the poor say that they are rich. Let the weak say that they are strong because of what the Lord has done for us. Lord, we declare that we possess what you said we possess. We can do what you said we can do. We have what you said we have. And Lord, I pray for the grace, your grace, Father, to be imparted unto us that we would walk in that in maturity and see the fulfillment of this in our very lives. I thank you, Lord, that believing in you is not in vain. We have not believed in you in vain. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. We thank you for revealing these things by your spirit. Father, I pray that this teaching, this learning will continue as they go on throughout the week. We give you praise today, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I pray that you will continue to investigate what God has done for you. Discover who you are in him. Do a search on your phone, uh, who I am in Christ or, or in Christ or in him. Find those scriptures and then begin to meditate on these things to discover what you have and who you are. Next Sunday, the Lord willing, we'll come back and we'll dig even more so to bring you the, to bring you God's rich word. Amen. Online community, we love you. Be back with us next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.